You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers survive and advance 66 to 58 over the Wyoming Cowboys uh, in a game that no one's going to be telling their kids about because of its uh, aesthetic qualities. But the Hoosiers are able to grind out a win and get the program's first NCAA tournament victory since 2016. They will move on now to face St. Mary's on Thursday night. Just a great, great night for the Indiana basketball program uh, that continues the stretch of play that they began there at the Big Ten tournament, getting this win. Um, you know, they, they tried. They tried to give it back there at the end uh, with what I think we could call some some low IQ play there at the end with some of the fouling. But ultimately, tough defense, you know, a, a timely shot or two here and there, and just some terrific play from Trace Jackson Davis today uh, was enough to carry the day and get these Hoosiers the victory and help them move on. And hey, it's March. There are no style points. No one cares how you do it. All that matters is that you move your name forward in the bracket, and Indiana did that tonight. And we have a lot to celebrate and break down here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. we got a full crew tonight. The coach, Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, Andy Bottoms. We are all here to talk about our first NCAA tournament victory, the first NCAA tournament victory of both of my children's lives. First one since 2016. So we're going to break it all down. And let's start this show the way that we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And for tonight's banner moment, I'm going back to the four-minute mark. Uh, Hunter Maldonado had made a free throw. He had cut Indiana's lead to 52-47. to And I texted on our group text chain, I don't like how this is feeling too familiar. Indiana was struggling to get shots. You know, Wyoming's just kind of hanging around, hanging around. And it was kind of that danger zone point where Indiana has struggled so often at times in the past. And what happened on the very next possession is Indiana was able to finally, really for one of the only times all night, get a lob opportunity in the half court. Xavier Johnson stayed patient. Uh, you know, Graham E.K. really lost Trace Jackson Davis. Trace got open for the lob, slammed it home. It put Indiana up 54 to 47 and was a huge bucket because Wyoming, despite, you know, some of Indiana's mistakes and fouls down the stretch, Wyoming wasn't able to get it within six again. Uh, and I really thought that that bucket at that time just kind of helped release a little bit of a pressure valve uh, for a team that has struggled to make big plays in big moments. That was a huge one to just keep Wyoming at arm's length. And Indiana was able to keep them there all the way to the end to secure an eight point victory. And look, the banner moment has to be Trace Jackson Davis because he was awesome again. You know, on a night, on a day when he was not named an All-American by the AP, he absolutely played like one again for the fourth straight game, 29 points for Trace, nine rebounds, and when nothing else was working consistently offensively, Trace was the one guy in it, you know, except for Jordan Geronimo, that Indiana was able to find offense from. From tip to buzzer, he was the one consistent presence for this team. He was terrific, and, and we'll spend some more time, obviously, on this show talking about his offense and his defense because he played a great game, and that bucket uh, was as big as any of them to get Indiana this victory. All right, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. They are now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And as I know you know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. They have beloved logos like the Bison and so many others. 
And, you know, if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, they do this for 130, 140 different schools where they pull these old logos and brand marks out, breathe new life into them, and, you know, really create these designs that you don't even have to be a fan of the school to like, uh, as Coach will tell you, because of all the gear that he has bought. They've got a really cool thing going on right now, mystery boxes, where for a discount you can get just kind of a grab bag of shirts sent to you. You don't know what they are, but you do know that the logos will be awesome. The colors will last through many washings. The material will be comfortable and feel great against your skin because it's home field. And that's what they do. Plus, when you buy from home field, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. And there just isn't much better than that. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And Andy, we will start with you, your bottoms line on this Indiana NCAA tournament victory. Well, at some point in the offseason, we had to make bold predictions. And mine was that Jordan Geronimo would be the Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year. He was at least the NCAA tournament Sixth Man of the Year today. So I count that as a I count that as a victory uh, on that one. Now, he, he was awesome. I saw Trace already had a quote that basically said, we don't win the game without him and with a lot of guys really struggling um in in varying ways uh he really gave just a huge lift and uh kudos to to tim garl uh maybe the uh the real mvp for making sure that <laughs> that jg was ready to get back out there and play so um now that was a great great performance from him great performance from trace um just a really uh just a absolute meat grinder of a game uh I, I texted you guys at some point i cannot imagine being a wyoming fan and watching that offense on a regular basis <laughs> but i guess you you work with what you got and give yourself the best chance to win so i give them credit for that i mean it was a effective strategy uh at times for sure but really strong defensive effort particularly in the first half for iu when they struggled offensively i thought uh, and i'm sure coach will get into this we texted about this too just making some adjustments in the second half being able to get downhill a little bit more um, everything was pretty much still in the paint, but did at least do some things that I thought, uh, I thought helped on that end, but just uh, for, in large part, they carried over the things that allowed them to play well in the big 10 tournament, which was TJD playing great defense, being really, really solid and disruptive. Um, and X was, didn't really have, you know, the same level game, but in, in terms of having guys step up, you saw that in those big 10 tournament wins. And you saw that tonight with Geronimo. Absolutely. Ryan, let's go over to you, your rumination on this Indiana. You can record. call it a rant, Morris. It's you can rant, rant if you want to. I'm just trying not to um, lead the witness here. You know, you go, well, go no, however rant you can want. Be, you, can, you can rant positively. Come on. Um, no, I mean, just a huge program win. Like, let's be real to say what it yeah. was. It was ugly. It was what it was. I mean, they only made eight points outside of uh, the paint and the free throw line. You know, they made two threes and Parker Stewart had a jumper. Those are the only jump shots they hit all night long. Uh, terribly ugly. But in March, it doesn't matter. You just need to win. And and they found a way to win. Wyoming's not a bad team. This was a good win for Indiana. And um, I will say uh, it was just gritty. I mean, it just was gritty. And a lot of the things that they didn't fight through during the regular season, we saw a lot of times. In some games they did, some games they didn't. But we saw them sort of late just not fight through things. Look, there were some boneheaded things down the stretch. Fouling two three-point shooters in the span of about two minutes. Uh, you know, uh, Trey Galloway fouling a guy in a layup at the end. Like, what do you just let him have the layup, Trey? It's not, you're up by like 
you know, you're stopping the clock and you're letting him get a free throw, an extra point, and then, you know, fouling a guy who's trying to set a screen up there. I mean, just back off your guy. It doesn't matter if they score there. You're just trying to let the clock run. So, I mean, there's some of that stuff, but I felt like they were just tougher than they had been in a lot of these situations this year and, you know, fought through some stuff. And, um, you know, how many loose balls did they get to? How many, you know, times did they just out muscle guys for things? You saw Ray Thompson, who did not have a good game, dive on the floor towards the end, get a ball, get a timeout, you know, um, things like that, that this team just hadn't done enough of this year. You're starting to see more of, and you saw it in the big 10 tournament uh, against Iowa. You saw it until about, four minutes and 40 seconds left. And then they kind of got caught in the crosshairs against a very hot team. Um, but this is a huge program winner. We've said all year about making the tournament. Yeah. If you win more games and you play better, you can sell that to people as like, see, we're getting better. But if you're not in the tournament, if you're not on national TV, if you're not winning games, I'm sorry, kids who come to college want to win. They want to be in the tournament. That's what they want to be. And if you miss it again, you're the school that doesn't make the tournament anymore. Indiana not only is in the tournament, now they're in the 64. They, I mean, you can sell this as progress. Look, we went on the big stage. We won a game. We're going to go. St. Mary's is a pretty damn good matchup for Indiana. We're going to go try and win that one. I mean, I can't emphasize what a huge step this is given the last six years just to win in the NCAA tournament. To, first of all, just to be in, but then to win. Because Mike Woodson can now point to a direct line and say, see, I'm better than the last guy, and I'm going to get this right. And he's got an example. Kids don't care that he had the best defensive efficiency in the Big Ten. They care about wins, and they care about this kind of stuff and showing it on, a, on national TV that you can compete with the best. And Indiana is now in the tournament competing with the best. Um, they were in today. I consider you make, you make the 68 to me, you're in the tournament. Some people are saying, Oh, it's the play and you're playing to get it. No, no, no. You make the 68, you're in the tournament, but now you're in the field of 64 and you're going to go roll the ball out Thursday night and hell anything can happen in the tournament. You've got an all American type, uh, center who's playing as well as he has all year. You've got Xavier Johnson who maybe missed some shots today, but I thought played a hell of a ball game. Uh, one of your shooters is going to figure it out. I swear to God that's going to happen. You've got Jordan Geronimo finally playing as many minutes as he should play. Uh, you've got a lot of positives to build off of. Trey Galloway's got to play better than he's playing. I mean, you've got some things that can happen. It's going to be a tough turnaround. This team could do some things, and this was huge for Indiana basketball. 100%. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind after this big NCAA ah. tournament victory? It's an absolutely great night, a great game, uh, a lot of negativity in the chat mob. We won an NCAA game because we played outstanding defense because our coach can scout anybody and stop them defensively. We're ripping players because they didn't have offensive stats when they guarded Maldonado and forced him in double-digit turnovers. Yes. You had a coaching staff that went in at halftime and made necessary adjustments and got sets for the uh, perimeters to move and got TJD the ball where they couldn't easily double team and gap. They were just packing the lane. I thought it was an absolutely marvelous night. Uh, ecstatic. Always want to coach uh, to perfection. But my goodness, the contributions from every single player. There were a few that didn't play up to their capabilities. You have that. A winning program covers for each other. Geronimo comes in and covers for race who might not have had one of his better ball games. Uh, Parker Stewart was phenomenal on defense other than that fouling at, at the, it, down the stretch. Maldonado could not get to the rim 
like he normally does and turn the ball over. This was a fantastic NCAA game because you start watching on Thursday, they're a grind. You're going to see two seeds grinded out against 15 seeds. You're going to see 14 seeds that you didn't know had an outstanding defensive plan and a coach who really is up and coming that makes a, a, a two seed or a three seed, whatever, start sweating it out at the end. We always see those big upsets uh, that happen. Indiana was a better team, maybe should have won by a little more points, but they were clearly better coached, better personnel, better played tonight. It is a fantastic game. Indiana fans rejoice because this is what we wanted, and we're playing on Thursday at 720, and we're going to kick St. Mary's ass. <laughs> hey, Jared, one more thing. To, to bounce, yeah. Well said, Good Coach. Job, coach. <laughs> one, one thing to bounce off of what Coach said, and, and people are being – I saw some people on Twitter being negative, like, oh, our basketball IQ, we barely won this game, whatever. That's the tournament. You barely won Absolutely. almost every game. Unless it's a 116 and you're not Virginia, you're bar- you're, it's, it's every game is Just barely – Just win, barely. baby. Yeah, right. that's let's, it. That's let's win in advance. Look, here's what I have to say. There's going to be a day when we do a, a post-game show after a national championship game, and there's going to be people in the chat complaining about the substitution patterns and that we didn't win by enough of points. Course. Let's forget that's about those people. Fans. Okay, no, let's that, forget about that. That's, Look, yeah. and that's not to say that there aren't nits to pick with the performance, and we'll talk about that. It's like any game. There are going to be positives. There's negatives. But, Coach, you're right. Plenty you know, of and, and, yeah. and, Ryan, I think you know one of the points you know that you talked about with the defense – you know, here's the big difference between this program now and this program the last couple of years. You know, Archie Miller really tried to instill a defensive mentality in this program. He did. And he got like 75% of the way there. The problem is when this team would struggle offensively, the defense would wilt and they couldn't really hang their hats on that. Tonight, Indiana couldn't buy a bucket. I swear they were having problems with the new basketball. I mean, almost nobody looked comfortable handling the ball. Xavier Johnson, most notably, who had his worst shooting day, even from the free throw line that we've seen. You know, so they were struggling through a lot of that. But coach, to your point, the defense did not wilt. You know, Parker Stewart was struggling to get going offensively, made some mistakes, but he played tough on Hunter Maldonado, made him work. And Maldonado got some buckets on him, but also turned it over at times. You know, and and so Andy, as I, you know, you look at why this win is so impressive to be able to come out and have a lot of things that you did in the Big Ten tournament not working. They couldn't get to the pick and rolls a lot. They couldn't get as many of the lobs as they wanted. Some of that stuff wasn't working, but they found another way to win and they found a way to defend a strategy they hadn't played against a ton with a point guard like that. And so, yeah, some guys didn't shoot well and some guys didn't play well, all that stuff. But the guys stepped up who needed to, and Indiana moved on. And that's what you have to do in the tournament. And they found a way to protect a lead that they haven't done. So, you know, we're looking for why are things different? You know, what kind of progress is being made? I thought you saw a lot of it tonight, man. And, you know, come on. It's been since 2016. Enjoy it because this is fun. And that was – it was not an aesthetically pleasing performance, but there's a difference between playing well and shooting well. Indiana played well tonight. They just didn't finish offensive possessions. That's the only thing they didn't do. But they finished the game, and that's what matters. Yeah, I think defensively, you could really see it from the onset. Um, I thought TJD, you know, Coach talked about the the job that a number of the guys did on Maldonado. Cop had a couple of nice plays on him being able to poke the ball away. Um, I think the one, I think he was the one that poked it away when Race, you know, dove there with about five yes. minutes left and, and got on the court and 
and did it. Stewart had some good plays. Race guarded him really well at the end of the first half. Um, but also credit to TJD on his his defense on EK. He really forced him to catch the ball out way out of the post and and you know made him really have to work to try to back him down, made some plays, forced him into some turnovers from a traveling uh when he got called for traveling. Um I joked that he was like the next Ethan Happ uh in our in our text chain because i thought he traveled every time he touched the ball most of the time i mean he but would, uh, he would barely establish his pivot foot and then switch it like, yeah you know, although trace got away with one late so they allowed trace uh, it's like four steps late in the game so I suppose fine. and he lost he the ball and it still went in it was great <laughs> he deserved it it was fine yeah um but 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 yeah i mean i i think you saw the defensive game plan and there were times that it you know they at wyoming had guys hit threes in the first half the guys that hit threes for them in the first half are not the um you know, none of them, I don't believe, came from um, the guy who was shooting 40% on, on the game. And so I think if you're IU, those are the shots that you were willing to give up. And they made some in the first half, and I think they were two for 10 from three in the second half. And Maldonado is a guy that hit both of them, and he's another guy that you don't really mind um, taking threes given his percentage on the year. So I, I, I thought more often than not, you know, a team that d- runs that many things through the post is going to get baskets by the basket because they're doing that so often. Um, but I thought IU did a good job of one turning him over. That was pretty apparent from the from the get go. You get Maldonado, who's a key player for them. You force him into ten turnovers. Um, but also, I thought forced other guys to take shots that IU was willing to let take so take those shots. I think that speaks to the game plan that coach talked about. Coach, I don't. You know, sometimes when Trace has a big performance, you know, we talk about him in the banner moment, and then we can forget about him until the game ball. I think his his performance tonight warrants some more first segment talk. Um, because you know, he's just, he's been a different guy these last seven halves and you just, you saw him playing with purpose from the tip. Uh, he played 36 minutes tonight. I don't think he came out in the second half and he didn't show any signs of fatigue. You would maybe see him like in between plays looking a little bit tired, but when the ball was in play, he played tough defense and, and as impressed as I was with his offense tonight, and it was good. I mean, at Indiana needed those 29 points. He's in a while, he dude. found different ways. This is now, gosh, I mean, even going back to the Purdue game, I mean, this is really the fifth straight game where his post defense has been outstanding. Toughness, positioning, um, you know, attentiveness to, to kind of the small details that we weren't seeing from him a lot through Big Ten play. And I feel like we're really seeing it now. And you're just seeing this awesome talent fully realize himself as a player. I mean, it has been, I mean, this is, this is a legendary stretch of basketball for Trace Jackson Davis putting this program on his back. Um, and it's, and it's on both ends. It is not just offense. He was really good on both ends tonight. I, I thought you can tell early on, I was worried at the, the Michigan game cause he wasn't, uh, into the game, but boy, he was locked in early and the key for TJD, we could talk tons about all the stuff he did, right. But he played defense without fouling tonight and didn't have to sit for long stretches of time. I thought that was the key that uh, we got their bigs in foul trouble. They didn't get our bigs in foul trouble. And, and, and they're thin. Yeah, and then they didn't have a lot of depth, and they didn't have a, a place to go, and then that lets uh, Indiana just eat on the other end when they got to be careful uh, fouling. But I thought I thought TJD was was really locked in. And and, and once the, late in the first half when they made their little stretch and then all in the second half, I thought they got TJD out in the perimeter, elbow catches, elbow ball screens, got him on the move. They cleared out a side and put two or three shooters on a side opposite the post up, which, uh, again, they had to go double. Or if they played him straight up, then TJD was just better than anyone they could put on him. But uh, TJD is – 
good. And another thing is I, his rebounding. I, I just not the, the number. I don't have the number right here in front of me, but again, there's some, there's one free Nine. throw that late. It was, it was a missed free throw and he just went up and snagged it or a missed shot. And he went up and snagged it with one hand, which shows excellent effort. And he easily could have, you know, had that ball go over his head and there's another possession for Wyoming and these grinded out NCAA games. It's defense people. Um, your, your offense might look good against some teams, but uh, you know, St. Mary's is going to guard Indiana again. So the key is, and this is where, you know, the Woodson team right now with the emphasis on defense is why you win games in the Big Ten tournament. We played on Saturday for the first time in a long time and why we won a game in the NCAA. Our offense obviously is going to take us as only as far. We'll get beat when a team, uh, you know, in a game like this where a team just scores a little bit more. But, boy, you'd much rather have a team with a strong defense than some other teams that we root against that don't have that strong defense but have a great offense, those are the teams that exit early. Yeah, I mean, look, every element of Trace Jackson Davis's game right now is the best of his career. Offense, defense, yeah. rebounding, all of it. Yeah, fantastic here's, effort. Here's one thing from Trace Jackson Davis we've seen a lot of over his career. He'll have one great half and then fade. Or he'll yes. start well and he'll yep. burst. Tonight, 14 points in the first half, 15 in the second half. He was balanced. And, Nine of 11 he, from the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was with the, the the wonky ball everybody was having trouble shooting with, um, which apparently a lot of people say that when you use that ball for the first time, it's really hard to use. And these are brand new balls for the tournament. So, um, but but I would say, yeah, you're right, coach. Nine rebounds for Trace and eight of them were defensive. Sometimes he mixes in a number of offensive rebounds on missed bunnies or whatever and tips them back in. He he had some tough defensive rebounds where Ike was right there or Maldonado was in there and he snagged it away from him. I mean, <laughs> he was off tonight and what have we said about trace jackson davis during his career a lot of times when things get physical he would back down a little bit he was the last week and a half that has not been the case he is cha- he, he's being challenged and he's fighting through it and he's fighting back and he is showing not just that he's a finesse guy and an athletic guy but that he's a tough guy and he's he's getting a little what we've always said about race thompson race thompson is just a tough dude and trace jackson davis is showing that he is too that toughness, here's something, too. His catching the basketball has been better. Yeah. You know, some of the lobs that we saw in the Big Ten were out of uh, out of the cylinder, out of the area, and he goes up and gets them. And when people are, are trying to dive at you in the post from a various angles, that throw that ball up high or a bounce pass down low, he's doing a good job uh, of catching. That's that mental toughness. You said a tough guy, Ryan. Totally agree. It's mental toughness on defense, forcing a guy out a little bit quicker, being the second guy off the floor trying to block the shots, not firing. guarding goal, guarding guards after a, a absolutely goal. just I mean, a fantastic you know. effort by by our leader, Andy. The other guy that I want to talk about here uh, at the end of the first segment is Xavier Johnson. Um, you know, and statistically, this was not the kind of you know just phenomenal game for X that we've seen. You know, ten points, seven assists, four boards. You know, a couple of turnovers. Um, you know, three of 12 from the field, not bad by any means. We've just seen him scoring more. He's been a little bit more efficient. I think I could make the case, though, that this is actually one of the more impressive performances by X and really shows his growth. And it's for this reason. In the first half, I feel like November or December X would have gotten really frustrated because it really seemed like he was having trouble controlling the ball. He couldn't finish on any of his drives. You know, a couple calls didn't go his way. And we've seen him get frustrated, you know, and the way that Wyoming was defending, sagging in all this stuff that's been working, the pick and rolls and him finding space in the half court. 
you know, and being able to get into the lane and do a little jump stop and either, you know, dish it off or, you know, hit a little, you know, short jumper, none of it was working, but he just stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. And outside of a few possessions really didn't force stuff. And then what happened is the game kind of came around to him and he ended up with six assists in the second half. You know, was able to knock in a couple of free throws late, never really got his offense going, but I thought always stayed in control of the team when he was out there. And that's the growth for him, you know, is that he was able to do that in this second half without getting frustrated and forcing too much. So the numbers weren't there tonight, but I thought we saw the continued maturation of X that has been so impressive over the past couple months. Yeah, I think, you know, he missed a a lot of shots uh, up by the rim, but I didn't feel like there was one shot that I think early in the second half, he forced a a long jumper. uh, I think after he had actually made one going to the basket, but otherwise I didn't feel like he took bad shots. Um, And I think they did a better job of being able to get him going downhill a little bit in the second half. And he was able to set up other guys. Um, didn't get much off the the pick and roll. It's been working really well with Trace until one of the very last possessions um, when he was able to to get a lob to him. But yeah, I thought he was he was pretty composed uh, overall, which I think to to your point shows that continued you know maturation. I thought they all were a little bit jacked up early in the game, just kind of going a little bit too fast. But I think part of that was, and and this is an area where he really helps you. Wyoming just wants to walk the wall up and slowly dribble down into the post and do whatever. And I thought he was a guy who every chance he got, he would really try to push it, which we know that that's what he's going to do. Um, but I think it was at least a little bit of a way for IU to kind of get, uh, get some things out. And there was a stretch, I think toward the end of the first half when the offense looked a little bit better, like the tempo of the game got sped up a little bit and he was obviously a big part of that. And, um, and I thought, you know, when Rob came in in the second half, I thought Rob had some really good minutes in the first half. When he came in in the second half, things kind of slowed down, and Woods was pretty quick to go back to uh, to X in that scenario, and I think rightfully so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, seven assists, uh, only a couple turnovers, um, you know, a couple shots that just rim out, go in. He ends up with, you know, 14, 16 points, and um, people probably talking about it even more more favorably than we just did. I thought X was was really good tonight. And notice when Indiana started playing better basketball, his assist numbers went skyrocketing mm-hmm. because he is directing the offense. And when there's opportunities to score, he's taking those opportunities today. Um, another thing to think overall is in, in these NCAA tournament games with short turnarounds, there's a feel-out time for 8, 10 minutes for the coaching staff to feel, okay, how are they playing us? What are they doing? And that's where I thought Woodson did a good job in the last five minutes and then in the second half of making the adjustments to put his players. But they were just playing what I call foot-in-the-lane defense almost, where there was no room for X to get downhill. And that's why he was forcing a couple things, and he was trying to get downhill, and they took some off-balance shots, and he was trying to avoid contact. Uh, I, I thought maybe he was a little nervous. But the only, the only thing I thought he did poorly was not shoot the ball uh, or score points. But he was double digits. The seven assists are so important, and and I know offense, it was an ugly game offensively, but there's a difference between execution and shot making. You can run good stuff, and, and turn, only eight turnovers. Like, we could have panicked and thrown the ball all over the place. Eight turnovers in an NCAA tournament game, and I know it's not a pressure defense and a pressing team, but man, your first game, nerves, all that, we didn't turn the ball over, and you got to credit the point guard for for most of that of getting us into what we were trying to do, and it was just shot making tonight. But X has just been—it's been such a fun growth 
experience to go that go through and watch him uh, this year. But the the last 10, 12 games, just phenomenal play. And I thought he was good tonight. He might not have been great, but he was really good and a key component to the victory. Yeah, yeah I think we, we played well. Like you said, coach, we just didn't shoot well. You know, and I think that lack of consistent shooting, it does. It probably puts a cap on how, how far this team right. can go. But they're playing their best basketball of the year. You know, and yeah. if they can get a couple, you know, games where they make some shots, you know, they've got this team clearly has a run in it. One last thing about X, Jared, is and you said, you know, he didn't get his offense going. And I know what you mean. He didn't score points. But like, right. I thought he was pretty damn good offensively. He just didn't That's what score I'm saying. Point. You know, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that. you know, so it's I just he didn't get frustrated. That, like, yeah, like offensively, he was fine. He just shots just didn't go in. But. I felt like he led the offense all night, getting it to trace, you know, working those pick and rolls, trying. I mean, they worked that over and over and over and boom, when they finally had one, they got that dunk and it was a huge alley-oop in that moment too. And uh, yes. I, I just Big think play. he's, yeah. And I just think he's Banner moment. <laughs> one of those, one of those guys that, you know, he's been scoring a ton for Indiana. It's been huge for Indiana in, in this stretch they're playing in, but at the same time, he's a guy who could score eight points. And if he's going well, it doesn't matter. Indiana is going to win the game because he's going to make sure everybody else is involved in some way. I mean, they kind of need him right now because nobody's shooting anything, but I just feel like he's a guy who impacts the game in so many different ways that even if he doesn't score points, Indiana can win the game. And they did tonight. Yep. Okay. Coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's eight point victory over Wyoming. We will point out tonight's meaningful moments that you might have missed. And you know, there's going to be some Jordan Geronimo talk there. And then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hi, this is A.J. Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Now there's a guy who knew how to grind out some NCAA tournament victories. The great A.J. Moye. Thank you, A.J. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, Ryan Phillips, the coach Brian Tonsoni, and we are breaking down Indiana's victory in the first four tonight over Wyoming. And guys, it is time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed. Uh, And, you know, look, Jordan Geronimo had a lot of meaningful moments tonight. Um, and you know, I want to go back to a couple in the first half that I thought were really meaningful. You know, it, it was just, it was such a slog and Indiana was really struggling to get anything going offensively. And around the, the eight minute mark, Trey Galloway got a steal, um, you know, drives in, misses the layup and Jordan Geronimo just hustling and gets a follow-up dunk, which made it 13 to eight. You know, and I wrote in my notes, man, we just needed any kind of bucket. Um, now Wyoming would, you know, tie it up. I think they scored five straight points to tie it up. But it was just, you know, it kind of felt in that moment like Indiana just needed to manufacture a bucket somehow, and Jordan Geronimo did it. He would do that later uh, in the first half uh, with another, you know, follow uh, um, uh, uh, putback uh, that made it thirty to twenty-five. And you know, Andy, you know, I thought those two plays in the first half were indicative of what Jordan Geronimo gave Indiana when they needed it, which was a shot in the arm that could go do something offensively. Because again, Indiana just looked uncomfortable. You know, balls slipping out of their hands, shots missing in ways that we haven't. You know, so whether it was nerves, the ball, whatever, like this team just couldn't get into a rhythm offensively. 
And when that happens, you know, you need someone to come in, make energy plays off the bench. Um, you know, and Jordan Geronimo did that. And so I thought those putbacks were huge. And they were also big because I thought for him, they kind of got him into the flow of the game. And then in the second half, you would see him make a three and work the baseline and do some of the other things once he was in the rhythm. But it really felt like him getting back out there after the injury, you know, getting those hustle plays, those Jordan Geronimo things were really important, you know, not just for him, but for the team overall when they were just struggling to find any offense. Yeah, and I think the same holds true as you look at the second half. So, yeah, some of the same things happened. It's I think it's thirty six, thirty three. Uh, he gets another tip slam, uh, but then Ek answered right back, and and right after that, Geronimo got fouled, um, and that possession was one that IU had multiple chances on. I think that was another one. I'm sure when we get to stats, we'll talk about the the second chance points and offensive rebounds, but. You know, he missed both free throws. IU ends up with the offensive rebound. I think it was Miller Cop. Uh, then Xavier Johnson misses a layup, but it, it, the ball goes out of bounds. And then eventually, Geronimo scores. And then a couple of possessions later is when he just like snatched the ball right as Maldonado was trying to you know put it up to shoot it on that block. And then he comes out and hits a three on the other end. Um, just like so many big plays at crucial moments. Even his last basket to put him up nine, thought he showed really good patience inside. That I think was um, you know speaks a little bit to to him being comfortable, uh, as you said, where he didn't really rush something, try to throw, throw a shot up and, um, had some nice passing inside and was able to, to score. So just, um, just an awesome, awesome game from him and a game that you really needed. He saw that a little bit, um, in the big 10 tournament when Ray struggled, Geronimo picked him up and, and that was really what you saw tonight. Yeah, you know, and and Ryan, along those same lines, you know, in the first half, Wyoming actually went up three uh, on a Hunter Thompson three-pointer. They went up 18-15. And again, you know, it was just, it was a slog for Indiana offensively where just no one felt comfortable. And I thought Tamar Bates had a huge bucket where he took the ball on the wing, drove in, and it's almost like, you know, that kind of aggressiveness opened the dam a little bit for as much as a dam could get opened in this game. Cause I think it led to like, you know, buckets on two or three straight possessions, but it was like, it was like kind of people fed off of his confidence a little bit, you know, X took it to the rim uh, on the next possession. Then he got it into trace for a bucket. Uh, and you know, so, and I think at, at one point Wyoming went up 21 to 17 and that tied it up at 21 and it really, it just didn't allow Wyoming to get any control in the first half. And then we would end up, of course, going on to lead 30 to 25. But, but really, I just thought the timing of Tamar's bucket was important. I think it was his only one. Frankly, I kind of thought he maybe earned some more time. But again, in a, in a first half where guys just looked uncomfortable, Jordan Geronimo and Tamar Bates coming in and being comfortable offensively, I just thought helped, you know, in really key parts of that half. Yeah, I'm shocked Tamar Bates didn't play in the second half. Played 11 minutes. I mean, I'm not because we've I, seen what Woody does in the second yeah, half of the substitutions. I don't. Get, I would have thrown him in there, given it, given him five minutes, see what he can do. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, this is known as the Jordan Geronimo game until he does another one, you know, which he may do at some point. But 15 points on 7-11 shooting. I mean, he just he looked like he didn't look like a young guy out there. He looked like he felt confident against everybody he went up against and uh, knocked down a three when nobody else was hitting a three at that point. Um, You know, three offensive rebounds, seven total in 19 minutes, plus seven on the night. I just thought that his energy and effort, and I've been, I've been saying it for a while that I just think they need to find ways to let him play more because he just gives a lift when he's in there, even if he's not scoring, whatever. But two things I loved about what Geronimo did tonight. He's had some dumb turnovers this year or just, you know, stupid things like, you know, drop it off his leg or something accidental, but just dumb things, maybe throw a bad pass. 
no turnovers, only two personal fouls. He fouls too much and two personal fouls. Had a block. The energy rises when he's in the game. I mean, it's like Trey Galloway when Trey Galloway's going. The energy rises. Things get better. And so I realize he's not going to knock Race Thompson out of the starting lineup. But you need to – you can give Race and TJD a little more rest by rotating one of them in with Gal- with, with Geronimo. Maybe in the first half. I know Trace shouldn't have come out of the game in the second half. I've been advocating for less minutes for him all year. There's no way you're taking him out right now. But maybe if you get him a timeout here or there, you know, a couple minutes for the under eight, whatever, you want to get him a little breather so he finishes strong, put Geronimo in there with Race, like whatever, you can mix it up. But there's a reason to give this kid more minutes. And it's that especially when they hit a lull, and Indiana hits lulls offensively especially, it's a chance to to get this team some more life. And and he did that tonight. And quite frankly, as as TJD said after the game, we don't win this game without him. And Indiana does not win that game without without Jordan Geronimo. And I, I'll, I'll agree with you on Tamar Bates. I just thought that's the thing that I'd like to see Tamar Bates do more of. Like a lot yes. of times he will either shoot a three or he'll take like one dribble in and pull up. He can get to the middle of the key anytime he wants. He just has to realize that and, and make those little floaters or those little pull-up jumpers there. He just has to realize that. And that's, you know, he can do it. And I think that we need to see more of that. And I think we need to see more of him, quite frankly. And coach, on the point of Geronimo, this is now the second game out of the last four where Mike Woodson has not been hesitant to pull a struggling race Thompson in the second half and give Jordan Geronimo those minutes. And, you know, race, I thought, really struggled to get anything going in the first half. And probably had one of the worst stretches of his career early in the second half, honestly, with just some really lackadaisical defense, not able to control the ball when he's making an offensive movement toward the bucket, you know, got a couple of, you know, bad fouls. And Woody put Jordan Geronimo back in and essentially left Geronimo in outside of, you know, kind of spelling him for rest almost, it seemed like. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on with race. Cause he was, you know, bad in the Michigan game and struggled tonight. And we just, it's so noticeable because we've come to expect such consistency from him, but you know, it is, you know, Woody will definitely, he doesn't do it as much with the wings, but he does seem to do it more with, you know, uh, at, at that, at that four position, certainly lately where he'll roll with Geronimo if Geronimo's got it. Um, and tonight he did. Um, and obviously it, it paid off, but I think Indiana's going to need to get good race Thompson back going. You know, you're not going to make a run in this tournament with race Thompson playing like he is. So I don't know if injury or, you know, just struggles or what, we haven't heard of any of those things. He just doesn't quite look like himself. Um, and, and didn't tonight for sure. Yeah. You know, he, he struggled, but again, next man up, it's nice yeah. when you have some, uh, usable depth and, and Geronimo has done that both in the big 10 tournament with his play. And then obviously tonight with just outstanding effort. And, and, and it's one of the things that I think we talked about Bates, you talk about Galloway, there's a le- level of athleticism that goes up when, when they come in the, in the game that is needed to compete in, in the NCAA tournament or in any college basketball game and, and getting Trey back healthy, uh, Rob, given his minutes coming off the bench, uh, defensively bring some, uh, ability there, but Geronimo's athletic ability to rebound and to elevate. And I think his shot, I, I uh, we were talking at, at halftime here at the house and I felt comfortable with him shooting threes. Like if he, you know, we need people to stretch. We need someone to hit some threes. Um, and he's got good technique. So just happy, happy for him. You know, he was going well and then he gets injured and has to sit out. And then you wonder how long that's going to linger. Um, but he got right back in there today and just, you know, a lot of comments where, where I agree. I don't think we win. Um, 
without those efforts. Uh, but he gave like a race Thompson like effort, uh, when race was down and that's what good teams do. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, you ride them, you know, when you got a hot hand, who's doing some nice things, you, you ride them. Uh, and I, I think coach Woodson, uh, had a really great game tonight, uh, to be honest. And, and, you know, Ryan and I have been a little tough on, on, on Woody, uh, and I think rightfully so, um, and winning changes that perception, probably maybe a little bit unfairly, you know, you pick on him when he's losing and praise him when he's winning, but you go back to the Wisconsin game and some of the new stuff that they're trying to do. And then the fact that they just keep fighting and keep fighting the, the non-basketball stuff, Woodson is doing an outstanding job. Uh, so yeah, you you know, I think it was a great that Woody, uh, kept Geronimo in there. Uh, I don't think there's one thing I can even think that Woodson did tonight. That wasn't great. I'm, I'm kind of getting on the, the Woodson train here. <laughs> Coach is back, baby. <laughs> He's back. Uh, all right, Andy, let's go inside the numbers. This segment sponsored by Ed Fang and the power rank. He's got a podcast out called bracket wisdom. Um, and if you want to win your March Madness pool, you should definitely listen to that podcast, Bracket Wisdom. Uh, plus, Ed has a course um, that you can take. It includes his book. It includes all of his, you know, best uh, uh, tips and kind of, you know, who are the the good value plays? Who are the picks that you should have? Kind of the contrarian plays that will help you win your March Madness pool. Follow Ed. It's at the Power Rank on Twitter. And you can find his podcast. He normally talks a lot of football, so it's called the Football Analytics Show, but his Bracket Wisdom episodes are in there. So go find that, listen to it. Obviously, you've got a couple of days uh, still to you know to complete filling out your bracket, uh, so go do that. And we thank Ed for all of his support for the show uh, this season. All right, guys, let's dissect the numbers that tell the story of this game. Uh, Andy, maybe we just leave shooting out of it. <laughs> Uh, that's that's maybe a story that we don't want to tell. That's fair. <laughs> what uh, what numbers jump out to you? Uh, you know, I, m- I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Fifteen offensive rebounds for IU, sixteen second chance points. Um, you know, all those little areas where IU can can get an advantage. I mean, second chance points, sixteen to six. Bench points, nineteen to five. Points in the paint, forty six to twenty six. Fast break points, sixteen to zero. Um, just all those kind of specialty stats were really good and i think that's in some ways how you're able to to paper over uh some of the poor shooting numbers that that you had and and then obviously forcing the 19 turnovers including you know 15 from uh the combination of maldonado and, and ek and they use a lot of possession so that stands to reason but they uh had 15 made field goals and 15 turnovers between the two of them so it's a ratio that probably will get you where you want to get where, where you want to go you know, and the other one, look, our friend John Gassaway is big on this shot volume, you know, and it's actually a big predictor of NCAA tournament success. Do you just get more you know, shots on the basket than the other team? I mean, you know, and typically what accounts for that is turnover rate and your ability to get offensive rebounds. So Indiana grabs 15 offensive rebounds to Wyoming's seven. Uh, Indiana turns the ball over eight times to Wyoming's 19 and Indiana gets 16 more shot attempts, coach. I mean, you know, you look at the numbers and you think, my God, Indiana should have won the game by more. And again, this is where style points don't matter. Indiana won the game. And on a night when you're not shooting the ball well, well, just get a whole lot more shots than your opponent does. And that's what Indiana did tonight. And that was the path to victory. There's many games within the game um, 
from a statistical standpoint, you know, we all focus on, on maybe some of the offensive uh, things, but what you're mentioning there is you got to win segments of, of the game and you can win that by turning someone over. You can win that by getting second chance uh, points. There, there are different ways to win basketball games than just your first, uh, first shot defense or your first shot offense that that you kind of look at so and I thought Indiana did that I, I think I heard the announcer say that when when uh, Wyoming shoots over 54 percent from two they were you know incredibly um, successful well they got the there real close in the second half because they were like nine of 13 or nine of 12 something in the second half but they only had 12 opportunities so you can say well oh my gosh they gave up a lot of easy baskets to post-ups in the second half but they also turned uh, Wyoming over, which is part part of the defense. So there's there's many ways to win, and and if a team's going to be effective in in post ups, which Wyoming was, then you just try to prevent them from posting up as much and, and limit their opportunities. And this is this you know think about this. You find out Sunday night you're in the playing game, so you're kind of doing some research on teams uh, throughout uh, Saturday after you got beat and all of that stuff. But you have no idea. There's 67 different kind of matchups probably depend on who's in and where you're at but you get that Sunday night and, and that's that that's the NBA turnaround too uh although Woodson probably has a file for every NBA team if he's coaching the NBA but he didn't suspect Wyoming um but it has a quick turnaround and to figure out a way to stop uh that unique offense and coach Linder does a good job I know everyone's saying that Wyoming's offense is boring it is boring but they were like nine and 23 two years ago and now they're in the NCAA tournament so, so he's doing some things right or taking advantage of his personnel in a way to win basketball games. That, that was a tough, tough scout. Uh, it'll be a tough scout until we get out to the Sweet 16, have four days to prepare. You know, you got two days to turn around now and put the emphasis on St. Mary's. And then if you, if you win that one, you got, you know, UCLA or Akron uh, that you got to get ready for. But, you know, the, I, I just really think the the high level is of turnovers for someone who averages 11 it's just kudos to the scouting report and the and to the young men buying into the attitude of defense wins and that gives me a lot of hope going into Thursday uh, also let me give credit here in the number section to Tony Adrania from IU Film Room who did did our Wyoming scouting report and accurately predicted the score his, his score on the scouting report was 66 to 58 so kudos to Tony how's that for a scouting report uh ryan i believe there's a report in the chat that you have a number i have a number uh coach coach did wyoming's turnovers indiana's had eight and three of them were offensive fouls five and and offensive fouls you don't really get mad about being a turnover he's usually aggressive and one of them was a race thompson screen that was absolutely not a foul uh they had i think they had two actually no i think they had four offensive fouls uh if i remember correctly the Um, the tjd one was a massive flop as well yeah i forget he, what yeah he's fun and else. the guy just fell over. yeah and then, so it was it was that one it was uh race thompson uh the screen and then didn't was it galloway think, yeah galloway had one on a yeah. pass where he, he he crushed a guy so yeah five turnovers uh you know in in play um four i guess because there was there was another offensive foul on there somewhere i think but anyway uh only eight on a big stage uh with the adrenaline running um Honestly, shut it down. Only had three in the second half. Um, that's winning time. Second half, shut it down. No, tur- uh, you know, cut the turnovers down. And uh, one last number there I want to say is um, 
uh, one of my favorites, the plus minus, as you know, uh, Trace Jackson Davis plus 10, Xavier Johnson plus 10, and Trey Ga- and uh, Jordan Geronimo in 19 minutes plus seven. Those are your players of the game, and they were the three highest with uh, plus minus. All right, one last number. Stop looking at the stat sheet real quick because I think this is a number that you could win some bar bets with. Who led Indiana in minutes tonight? Coach, do you know? Oh, I have no clue. TJD? Nope. Andy, do you know? Don't look at the stats. I'm I'm not. I'm going to assume it was Parker Stewart, though. Yeah, it was Parker Stewart. <laughs> yeah. It was Parker Stewart. Now, this is an well, interesting one. one. Yes, you know, obviously Parker's a guy that you have out there for shooting. He's 0 of 2 from three-point range. Only gives you four points, although did stick a huge shot that made it 60 to 50. Now, he would give it back up by fouling a three-point shooter on the other end during a stretch where he and Jordan Geronimo went good play, bad play, offense, defense, with the Dane Fife NCAA tournament three-point defense that they were playing. Uh, but, Coach, you know, you mentioned – you know, Parker's good defense. And, you know, there's a lot of talk. You got to sit these guys. Like some of the vitriol that I see for Parker and Miller, you know, during games is outrageous. I mean, it is so unwarranted and so ridiculous. And I get that the guys struggle shooting. And that's the number one thing they're there for. And I recognize that. And Indiana's going to need to get shooting from them. But those guys contribute and it's why they play. And, you know, so I'm curious, coach, you know, you, you know, you thought that Parker played good defense. And obviously coach Woodson thought Parker played good defense. And there have been plenty of games where he sat Parker and Parker's played 14, 15 minutes tonight. He gives him 37 minutes. You know, I think that's a testament to how physical he was playing on defense. And look, if he can absorb some of the fouls that you're going to get on Maldonado, some of the tough possessions on Maldonado, that's going to help keep Xavier Johnson fresh, avoid fouls. And so just the fact, I think, that Parker was able to absorb some of those possessions was really helpful for Indiana because he doesn't have his taxing of an offensive role. And I thought that's part of what he did tonight as a team player, even though he didn't contribute offensively like you want to. Those were meaningful minutes, and he wouldn't have been out there for 37 of them if he wasn't contributing in a positive way. And I just, some of you folks listening and commenting, I think we got to take a more nuanced view of what Parker and Miller contribute to this team even when they're not shooting well, because they have found ways to become better contributors over the course of the season. I, I thought Parker was fantastic tonight. Maybe not fantastic. That's maybe too much. Uh, yeah. um, but, I, the, you know, Coach Woodson was not – they were uh, side ball screening Maldonado early, and Indiana chose to switch it, and I liked it because it was either Parker Stewart or Miller Cop, and then the bigger body when he tried to crab dribble, uh, we call it a Barkley move, into the post – and he was just bumping and bumping, and both those guys were were physical. Miller six five, Parker or six seven, and and Parker at six five, and and Parker's got a little bit of nasty to him, which sometimes uh, hasn't worked out uh, with with the attitude and all that stuff. But he doesn't back down from anything, and you kind of needed that because Maldonado ended up turning the ball over eleven times. There was one time that Parker had real quick hands. He got downhill, he got on in on him, he was making his multiple moves trying to get to the rim, and next thing you know, the ball's loose. Uh, several times they, they did that. And, and again, that's coaches telling players to do that. You know, a lot of times you scout the pickup. How, what, what do players do when they pick up the ball? And can you swipe at it and take it away on the gather? You know, we, 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 we teach attack the gather. Uh, and I thought Parker Stewart did that. And there's no stat on the stat scene that says you got, you know, and everyone hates the word deflections, but you got some deflections on the gather that just created – uh, havoc for, for the young man, the point guard, who was so uh, big a, a part of Wyoming's offense. So I, I think both of those guys are a little bit slow defensively, but, boy, they fight. 
both of those young men really, really fight. So when they get beat, they always try to have a contested two. They never give up. They're trying to deflect the ball or, or, or whatever. Those two guys, I think, really lay it on the line uh, quite a bit. And, and maybe don't they don't feel, feed the stat sheet. But as coaches, you're going to ride those guys. It's like Coach Woodson uh, rode Geronimo. Parker Stewart did a lot of non-stat machine things that uh, won the game tonight. So, well, yeah. you know, and the Relax other thing a little is... bit on Parker. He, he he hit a big shot too. That pull-up shot was was huge. Um, every basket was huge in a game like this tonight. So, and, um, and Andy, yeah, he hit he hit thirty three percent of our made jump shots. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can't I'm take that away from it's him. fantastic. And you, the, the last the last point I want to make on this, Andy, is. You know, it's also the way that Wyoming was defending us dictated needing Parker out there because they made it very clear if they didn't trust you as a shooter, they were going to pack it in. So Trey Galloway, I mean, they had a foot in they the played lane. They played 10 Trey feet Galloway off of had it out there. Mm-hmm. And so Our even baby. if Parker wasn't making it, he's the most credible three-point threat. And so he provided some spacing for what Indiana wanted to do. And so that's another reason why you had to have him out there in, in a certain respect just because of how they were defending us. Yeah, I mean, there was one play. Uh, I mean, Galloway is standing in the corner. His man is like underneath the rim, um, yeah. which is not foot in the paint, like literally in the middle of the paint. Um, and and so I think, yeah, what you said about that is true. And I think this is, you know, it's it's a matchup game. And I think this was a game where Parker, the things that he does well defensively were more useful in this game. And I think, you even saw Wyoming a little bit get away from having Maldonado try to back guys down and, and have him more like do straight line drives to the basket, which is not really, um, you know, he did a decent job of it in the second half, but it's not really what they want to do with him. Um, and IU and, and Stewart included really took that away because of the way they were able to be, you know, kind of physical with them and, and not let them just get easily into the post. And that's, you know, again, we've talked before about there are certain guys that it's not a good matchup for Parker Stewart, but I didn't think this one was a bad one. And I thought he, uh, I thought he played well enough that you saw Wyoming do things differently offensively in the second half than they did in the first, um, which I think is is attributable to to what he was able to do. Yep. Yeah, I, one thing about about his defense, he struggles with quick guys who are just going to blaze you. Like a Jaden Ivy is a bad matchup for him. This was a matchup where. It's a physical kind of bigger, not as quick guy. I mean, Maldonado has some quickness when he's spinning off of something or whatever, but he's not going to straight line drive you. And I, I just thought that, that you're right. It was a much better matchup for him than some of the ones we've seen. Um, so, yeah, I, you got to take advantage of those when you have them. Uh, there are some nights where he should not be on the other team's lead guard. I mean, you know, it just it, it not and it's nothing against him. It's just physically he's not built for it. So, yeah. And also we got to talk about. Trey Galloway's got to learn how to shoot the basketball. We've said Please. it's one of the biggest swing skills yep. in the program over the next two years. Yep. He's got to he's got to be able to shoot. Yeah. No, there's no question about it. Okay. Uh, coming up here on the assembly call as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's win over Wyoming, we are going to hand out the easiest game balls and Hoosier Hustle awards of the season, uh, discuss a few lingering questions, and look ahead to St. Mary's. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Thomas Bryant, 
What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. There's another guy who knows how to close out NCAA tournament games, the great Thomas Bryant. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, and not just men's basketball games, but women's basketball games as well. We'll have postgame shows after every NCAA tournament game uh, for both teams. And, of course, we do our show Thursday night as well uh, at our website, assemblycall.com. And also make sure you get in our email list, join.assemblycall.com. There's almost 10,000 IU fans on that list. Uh, We send out great free content and analysis. Go to join.assemblycall.com to sign up. I am Jared Morris here with the coach Brian Tonsoni, Andy Bottoms, Ryan Phillips, celebrating Indiana's first NCAA tournament win since 2016. My goodness. <laughs> Think about where we were middle of the second half against Michigan. And now here we are talking about an NCAA tournament win, looking ahead to, you know, a big 5-12 matchup against St. Mary's, which we will break down uh, here in just a minute. Uh, but first up, we have our game balls. And gentlemen, I think there's only one place where this game ball can go, uh, especially now that we have a Hoosier Hustle Award that we can dole out. Uh, but I believe this is Trace Jackson Davis's game ball for being the best player on the court. Uh, so let's uh, anybody have a new angle to describe Trace's greatness tonight. Ryan, you want to go first? Well, Jared, I'm going in a different. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh... <laughs> not even going to allow it. <laughs> not even allowed. No, I mean, he's just, as we said, he's just, it's almost like he's taken the way the season finished. I mean, what they lose seven of nine or six of eight down the stretch. I don't remember exactly what it was. I've tried to put that, I've tried to put that behind me, black it out of my memory. Um, It's almost like he took that personally and saw there's a chance to make the NCAA tournament in what might be my last time on campus. No, he said that. He said he's heard the narratives about how he doesn't close seasons well and doesn't rise to challenges. And he wanted to rewrite those. Yeah, and he's done it. It's almost like some—I mean, somebody pissed him off. Let's be real; somebody pissed him off, and he's playing like it. And and uh, even in the loss against Iowa, he was fantastic. And he's trying to carry this team. He's got some help. Xavier Johnson's helping him. Uh, Jordan Geronimo helped him tonight. Trey Galloway helped him a little bit in the Big Ten. You know, I mean, he's got help, but he's the guy right now. He's dragging this team as far as as he can take it, and. Uh, 29, nine, only had one block, you know, for how well he played defensively. It, sometimes as far as blocks go, it's less is more. You just got to show or four shot alterations though. For like sure. That's, what I'm, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not a, it's not about getting the block. It's about being there and being that presence. And sometimes if you rotate over too much and get the block, you know, you, you get, you fall in love with doing that and they find your guy who you left, you know, and for an easy layup. So I, I just felt like, he was so much better defensively and had fewer blocks tonight. And and that's as, as coach will tell you, that you know, not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing to sometimes to have fewer blocks in that way. Um, fantastic. Only one foul, only one turnover. Uh, he was everything Indiana needed him to be tonight, and we've seen that the last four games now. Uh, he's fantastic. I'll tell you who's not getting the game ball, the actual game ball. Uh, here's a great tweet from Mark Cuban. Anyone else watching the IU win and wondering what the deal was with the balls they used? They look like the five ninety nine specials from Walmart and seem to bounce and be hard to control like them too. Anyone know the deal? Yes, it was yeah. obvious. It was clear yeah. that the ball was an issue uh, for both teams. For both teams, actually. Yes. I saw both teams having an issue with it, especially early on. And 
the other thing about it is in the NCAA tournament, they don't use worn balls. They use brand new balls. Yes. And I'm sorry, you need to break those things in a little bit because new balls bounce funny. They don't get beaten up. They don't get evened out. They sometimes are lopsided uh, when they come out bumped up. I mean, yeah, I know, guys. Coach, you're a grown man. You're a you're a teacher. You can't be laughing at that. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Trace Jackson Davis, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Old balls aren't very good either. That's true. But anyway, Trace Jackson Davis. After a while, they they should have had time to practice uh, some. And and at one point, I know. Indiana used to have racks of different basketballs because different programs would use them on the road. And so you have them in the back thing. And if you're playing, uh, you know, somewhere on the road and they're using a different type of ball, they'd bring that out for two or three days of practice. Indiana just didn't have enough time yeah. from knowing Sunday to, to that. So, so that had to play, but I'm sure Saturday's or, or yesterday's shoot around, they at least had them. Um, but yeah. yeah, that, that can make a little bit of a, a difference, but it didn't bother TJD because he nope. gets our game ball. Because of shoe contracts and everything, every like mo- a lot of teams, right. it, there's not a universal ball, and quite frankly, there should be in the NCAA. The NBA has the universal choice for it, whatever. They should all use the same one all season long. That has long yep. been an issue in college basketball. It's a huge advantage for home teams to be able to pick their ball. Um, I, I think it should be universal for everybody. I know the shoe contracts are a huge deal, and Adidas wants Indiana using its ball and whatever, but it should be a universal ball for all they of them. They want Indiana basketball. using it, but they won't allow you to buy it. Because it's Adidas. It's true. Um, and I will say, Andy, you know, I, I mean, we've talked a lot about that because I do think it was a factor in the game. I actually thought the ball was a factor for Trace early. I thought the ball came out of his hands weird a couple of times. And to his credit, he just rolled with it and adjusted. You know, and again, this is rolling for him. Because he's, you know, he's been a guy that when he's faced adversity early in games, sometimes it takes him out of it and he struggles to get into it. And it was just like, whatever. And he found, you know, he figured out how to adjust and how to score anyway. Yeah, I just started dunking instead of trying to shoot hook shots. It's a good, <laughs> it's it's a solution. <laughs> just get race, done. You can see race lose it a few times going up too. So And even uh, the sh- the shots race missed. You just you don't see him miss like that. You know, that's what I mean. So it was it was clearly clearly an issue. Um but okay, game ball for Trace. That one's easy. Uh let's move on now to our next post game award. Hi, this is native Hoosier, Anthony Leo. I pride myself on hustling every second I'm on the court. So it's an honor to present this episode's Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Chaney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Their goal is to provide whatever level of safety and protection you're looking for. And just like hustle can't be measured by stats, but is often the difference between winning and losing, the prevention of bad outcomes can't be adequately measured either, but it can still have a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. You know, speaking of Anthony, we were texting about this. I actually, you know, he didn't get in the game, but I actually thought this would have been a good spot to, to play Anthony Leal in a game like this where he can defend Wyoming. You know, you need someone to make a shot, maybe give him a chance. He can make tough post feeds. 
Um, I thought he would have fit in a game like this. He's just, he's not high enough up in the rotation and, you know, Woody, you know, he, he, he's pretty set with what he likes to do with his rotation. So it didn't happen, but I thought it would have been interesting to see him get in there. Uh, but who's your hustle? No, but, Leo, but Leo wins games too, because of his bench energy. Yeah. Uh, it, it is an it unsung thing hey, to have that bench it. energy where you're not pouting because you're not getting any run or fake, you know, fake clapping or standing when everyone else is doing like he is out there encouraging his teammates, uh, helping them talking, uh, plays. I see him calling out plays and everything. He is locked in as yeah. a member of this team. And, and that is something that, uh, I really appreciate. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of us do just fantastic. I get Put your little impatient logic. finger down over there. You can see the finger moving I, faster. <laughs> I, I have, I have to give Tamar Bates credit for that as well, too. He probably really wanted to be out there in the second half and he was as engaged. He and Leo were both keeping everybody engaged on that bench. And I yeah. really noticed it tonight. And so a lot of credit goes to him as well for that. Yeah, you know, easy and, there, Dikembe. We don't need, you know, you don't need that. It's funny how it starts moving faster the longer he, the longer coach keeps going. Mm-hmm. I was the mile of my wrap it up finger. It's the just it's thought like, you didn't notice it at first. You wrap it up. Um, hey, you know, uh, Andy. You know, Anthony Leal says in there. You know, you can't always measure hustle by stats. And then sometimes your hustle guy goes for 15 points and seven boards, and it actually does come through on the stat sheet because I thought Jordan Geronimo was energy, hustle, uh, and it you know it came through in the numbers today. Now he also made some jump shots, but you know his contributions it was hustle that was productive, um, and that's what was so important today because Indiana needed both, and Jordan really really brought it. it. Yeah, I mean we talked about the offensive rebounds. He ends up with three of those. Was able to. I think score on, on some other second chance opportunities, not just obviously the tip dunks, but I think he was the beneficiary of some other offensive rebounds that, that other guys got, but yeah, just energy level run on the floor. And this, again, when you talk about matchups, Wyoming was, you know, had a bunch of guys who played between six, five and six, seven. Um, and just, you know, he could kind of guard anybody that was out there, um, and could, um, yeah, just r- really run the floor. Great activity level. Uh, de- the definition of what the the hustle award would be uh, for him tonight, for sure. And look, guys, this is another game where when Indiana has their full complement of players, they win. And again, you know, I know injuries are a part of it. And coaches, you've said your record is your record. All the games count. But I'm just saying, moving forward, as you're looking at what this team is capable of. Give us a healthy Rob, a healthy Trey, and a healthy Jordan Geronimo. And what you typically find is at least two out of those three guys usually plays a really key role off the bench to help Indiana win. And when one of them is out, you know, like Jordan didn't play against Iowa and some of the other games we've seen, it really hurts this team. So, you know, we move forward here. If we can keep those guys healthy and keep this complete roster, this roster, when it's all been together, has been really good, you know, and won a lot of quad one, quad two games. Um, and it's just, you know, if you're looking for, for reasons again, for why this team can make a run, keep them healthy and they can, uh, any other points on Jordan Geronimo or, you know, one other thing I want to say, I mean, he, you know, he's the obvious winner of the hustle award. Uh, there's no question, but to the point that one of you guys made earlier, it was a team hustle night. You know, there were just, I thought Indiana was quicker to loose balls, quicker to rebounds. Ryan, you mentioned the play late in the game uh, where Miller Cop pokes it away from Maldonado and race dives on the floor. You know, both of those guys struggled to get involved. And yet when there was a big hustle play to be made, they were there to make it, you know, same with X he's, you know, doing his normal hustle, you know, all over the place. Um, 
That's why you win games like this. When you're not shooting, you do all the other little things. And it's one of the most impressive aspects of this team is even when they're not shooting well and the offense struggles to get into a rhythm, for the most part, they're doing all those little things. And that's why you can walk away from a game like this feeling really, really good. I mean, you're going to walk away anyway. It's a win in the NCAA tournament. One in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right. But but that's what I mean. It's like, you know, yeah. okay, but, there are they, but they didn't get, we didn't get lucky to win this game. No. You know, like we forced turnovers and we corralled they these outworked. balls and we got rebounds. You know, we took they, this game from Wyoming. It just could have been by more. But because we did all of those things, we still won the game by eight. And that's impressive. Look at the hustle stats, Jared. Three blocks, three steals, 39 rebounds, 15 on the offensive end. They beat them in every stat, in every hustle stat. They outworked Wyoming. That's how they won. They were tougher, yep. they were stronger, and they outworked them. That's it's. Coach will tell you. They outcoached them. They, they did outcoach <laughs> them too. But you know what? You can win being outcoached if your team is tougher, hustles more, whatever. I mean, the coaching, obviously, that helps. Takes to another level. But basketball's not tough. You outplay a team, you're going to beat them. I mean, you know, you just try, you just outwork them. You're going to beat them almost every time. Tom Izzo has made a life, a a career out of that at Michigan State for years. His teams are tougher. They play harder. They rebound. They find loose balls. You know, when you get talent, that's when he gets elevated to a Final Four team. But in general, you don't want to play those teams. You're right, Coach. I should wrap that up. (laughs) Uh, All right. So... Let's hit a couple lingering questions here coming out of this game. Uh, and I think, you know, Andy, the the two for me that stand out are, can Indiana get Trey Galloway and Race Thompson going again? Because those are a couple guys that have kind of been struggling. You know, and I think Trey, this is the second straight game where, you know, I think you can question some of the decision-making. He struggled to get himself going offensively. You know, we know the shooting is an issue. Uh, you know, but Coach Woodson trusts him, you know, and, and keeps him out there. You know, and I think, you know, when you make runs in the NCAA tournament, a lot of times you need your stars to be stars. So you're going to need Trace and X to anchor you. But I think Indiana is going to need Race to be that third guy. And then you're also, you know, you're going to need, you know, those bench guys. So if it's not Jordan Geronimo next game, and we're not sure yet if we can count on him as a game to game guy, then it's going to need to be a Trey or Rob because they're clearly the other two guys that Woodson, you know, trusts to play. 12 to 15 minutes a game, you know, so that to me is something to watch for moving forward uh, is can those two guys get back in rhythm because they both seem out of sorts and a little frustrated. Yeah. The, the, I thought race played okay. in the first half made some plays. I thought was part of the, the effort to get offensive rebounds, just missed some shots right around the basket. Yeah. Um, and like I said, toward the end of the half, they, they switched him onto Maldonado and I thought he did a really good job there as well. I know there was a lot of speculation as to whether he might draw that assignment in part and, and did well there. And I don't know if it was the, uh, you know, one of the early fouls that he got, that was kind of that weird play with EK where he thought he picked up his third foul and then race gets one, he gets one on that screen and then he's, he's sitting for a while. Um, so maybe less worried about him uh, in some regard than, than Galloway. But yeah, I, I just thought Galloway, it, the shooting thing is just a, a, a huge issue. There's there's no uh, way of getting around it because of the way that teams can defend when he's on the floor. And while he's pretty good at attacking closeouts, the, the closeout is coming from so far away that there's really not an opportunity to do that. And they're not um, closing out hard. <laughs> you know, and I think, and I think in some ways he's trying to make up for that defensively and, and is committing fouls on guys that are just not, 
you know, a guy that is at the three point line, but he's got his back to the basket, just kind of running through somebody. He had issues with that a little bit in the Iowa game. And I don't know if because the offensive piece is not really going for him that he's pressing defensively to try to either get his hand yeah. on passing lanes That's or exactly get plays that way. Um, so, you know, I think Woodson is giving him a lot of rope, uh, which I think probably is, is good. I would assume from a confidence standpoint where he doesn't feel like he's looking over his shoulder to get, um, get yanked, but yeah, definitely making some plays that are, are not kind of what we had come to expect from him. Um, and I think the Iowa game in the big 10 tournament was maybe a little bit easier to chalk up to coming back from injury. Hasn't played a whole lot, third game in three days type things. Um, but I think you saw a little bit more of that tonight. Not that there was a, you know, huge gap in, in games between even Saturday and today, but, um, we'll see. I think he'll get figured out, but you know, I think just pressing a little bit, um, because things aren't aren't really flowing for him offensively. Yeah, I mean, look, the other lingering question that's going to last for the entire term is: Will Indiana make shots? None of us know, so it doesn't really it doesn't really make any sense to analyze it. But I think the other lingering question coming out of this game, Coach, is: How does Indiana now handle the turnaround? You know, it's funny we've talked a lot about you know how Coach Woodson you know coming from the NBA to college and he's got this transition to make. Uh, well, now this quick turnaround, this is a place where his NBA experience might actually help because uh, this is this is an NBA type trip, right? You know, where you're flying late night, you're going into, you know, to Portland, Indiana is going to get in late, you know, they'll have a day tomorrow to practice and they play Thursday night uh, against a really good St. Mary's team. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, this team is is in a good way right now. They're playing hard. They're playing together. They're playing with energy, you know, but they're, you know, how does that, that's not something that they're necessarily used to, you know, a, a trip like that and a turnaround like that. How does that affect their legs? How does that, you know, just affect their sleep? All of those things that you can forget about while you're watching a 40 minute game. And yet I think it's, it's reasonable to wonder about now. Um, and we'll see, you know, I, I, I feel like the way that they're playing that, you know, they'll be able to come out and find a way through it, um, and, and put together a good effort, but, you know, you'd probably rather be playing a little bit less disciplined of a team than St. Mary's <laughs> when you have that, that quick of a turnaround, um, and may need a little bit of time to kind of get your legs into it once the game starts. I, I think it's an obvious concern, but, but these guys have played the basketball playing is probably the least thing. The travel and the sleep is probably the most important thing for, uh, college guys who don't necessarily do that. You might play a, a, a Saturday game and turn around and come Monday, Tuesday. And, you know, the, the interesting thing for me would be to find out when they get to fly out to Portland. Are they, are they staying in Dayton tonight and flying out in the morning, or are they going to get a late night charter tonight? Uh, and fly out. I don't know if either one is better or not. Looks like they're uh, flying out tonight. They're flying out some, tonight. Some reports, yeah, like one a.m. They take off. Okay, so right so, about now. So um, you know they'll they'll get in uh, and be able to get uh, some sleep, and then whenever they're you know expected to practice and do those things, and and you just got to eat well and hydrate well, and then get ready to lay it on the line. And it it is what it is, and. I, th I think the one thing that makes me feel comfortable is there have been teams. They showed the the graphic tonight. There have been several teams who have played in the first four that have gone on to make it to the Sweet 16, let alone just win. You know, they, they didn't show games that just won the next game and maybe got beat in the round of uh, 32. So You see you know, went to the Final Four last year. Yeah, so I, that gives me a little bit of, you know, we'll, we'll relax. So, yeah. um yeah, you know, hey. I, I just it's it's they're young. They should be somewhat resilient, but it is honestly not ideal to fly out to Portland here at, at one in the morning. It'd be better to just to 
you know, Indianapolis had a location and, and, and I don't know where all the four seeds or the five seeds are located right now uh, on the bracket, but that's one thing the NCAA tried to do before. And I wonder, you know, I haven't gone back and I usually go back and try to guess where teams were put and why they were put somewhere, but that flight to Portland is kind of long, yeah. but no excuses. You, you tip the ball and you go play. Yeah. One thing to say about that, and I know Andy's got to go in a second. Um, Race Thompson only played 20 minutes tonight. Cop only played 21. Geronimo played 19 to cover for them. Galloway only played 12. Bates played 11. I mean, they spread out the minutes more than they usually do. Durr got in, which he hasn't been in a while. You know, I mean, it felt like they spread things out a little more, not consciously, just because of the way the game was going, and that might help them. Um, But, yeah, it's a tough transition. But you know what? Here's the other thing about it right now, guys. Indiana's playing with house money at this point. They, they, they made the NCAA tournament. They won a game playing with house money. You've accomplished your goal. There's, you know, play, play free. You know, if you don't win yeah. against St. Mary's, nobody's going to say that was a huge disappointment. Um, you know, unless you're up 20 and blow it or something, you know what I mean? Like, like nobody's going to think like, Oh, they should have beat St. Mary's. I mean, I think it's a pretty even matchup, but they, you know, go, just go roll, roll the ball out and see what happens. You know, yeah. I mean, and- you're playing with house money. Yeah, and given the history of the first four teams, the real lingering question, you know, maybe if it's an advantage more than anything, just get, I mean, the flight isn't good, but the quick turnaround, this team's hot right now, Andy. So let's just keep getting on the court and just let this thing roll as much as possible. Um, I know you got to get out of here uh, soon. So let's do a quick last call and get kind of some, just some brief thoughts from you on what Indiana is facing Thursday night against St. Mary's. Yeah, so just to touch on St. Mary's real quick, um, you know, defensive efficiency. Uh, has become a strong suit when they used to be uh, very, very efficient on the offensive end, but struggled defensively. They really flipped that the last couple of years, uh, played a really slow pace. Um, they're annually one of the the slowest teams from a tempo standpoint. Um, and so they don't make a lot of mistakes, as, as you mentioned, don't give up very many offensive rebounds at all. They're fourth in defensive rebounding uh, percentage. Uh, although Wyoming ranked, I think, in the 40s in that coming into tonight, and IU really did well on the offensive glass there. So it'd be interesting to see if that's a trend that um, that IU can continue. And offensively, Randy Bennett's a, a really good coach, and uh, they, they've got a number of guys who can shoot it. So they're 35.1% uh, from three on the season, and then I think they've got one, two, three four guys who shoot at least 38% from three um, that are th- three of which are, are in their rotation. Another guy's a, a bunch guy that comes in periodically um, personnel wise. Big guy is uh, Matthias Toss. Uh, he's six ten, big body uh, was able to do some good things defensively against, uh, against Gonzaga when they, when they beat them. Um, and so be another interesting matchup for, for TJD. I don't think he's as, as mobile, but uh, you know, certainly a good score draws a lot of fouls, uh, or gets the free throw line quite a bit at the very least, and uh, and shoots it well from two. And then you know the other guys to kind of watch. Tommy Cousy is the point guard. Um, he's a and he's more of a traditional point guard. And then Logan Johnson is a, a guard that's a little bit more of a slasher, so he doesn't shoot it well from three, but uh, wants to try to get to the rim. So, but you know, both guys six two. So we've talked about that a lot lately. It feels like it's just in terms of like you know the size of opposing backcourts that 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 drops significantly after what IU faced tonight. So um, 
will be uh be curious to see what they do. But you know, St. Mary's a team that's gonna be really tough. It's gonna be another uh defensive battle for sure if IU's able to keep playing the way they are uh defensively and just gotta be aware of of shooters because uh, that's uh, really an area that St. Mary's can be in and not get kind of worn down during what's going to be some pretty long possessions. Um, but in terms of final thoughts uh, for me, um, you know, one, I wish the game would have been a little bit earlier uh, as the workday begins early tomorrow at this point, now that it's one eleven here. Um, but, uh, but awesome to see this team be able to keep the momentum going and, and put aside whatever, disappointment or frustration they may have had with having to go to Dayton that didn't seem to affect them one bit in a negative way. Um, and I think that's, you know, the one thing that you might worry about a little bit that everything was going really well for them. It was a little bit of a setback to not, um, you know, to have to do that. And they responded to that. Well, um, they closed out the game. They made a few, uh, questionable decisions there toward the end, but still were able to close it out, uh, and really kind of kept Wyoming at arm's length for the, you know, last, last bit of the game. Um, and uh, great to see different guys be able to step up really, you know, TJD is, has been the the leader and he and X have really established themselves, but um, the team won games in the big 10 tournament because other guys were able to, to step up in support of them. And, um, and you saw that again tonight with Jordan Geronimo and it may not be him uh, on Thursday. Maybe it's somebody else, but I think the team uh, as a whole, is really playing together right now has a ton of confidence and, you know, we haven't seen, an IU team play with a lot of confidence for uh, multiple games too much in recent, uh, in recent years. And these guys are, are playing with some right now and deservedly. So uh, based on the way they've responded since, you know, being down to that Michigan game, I know uh, Jay tweeted out, you know, to think about how in six days or whatever it's been, you went from being down 17 against Michigan to, uh, to kind of where they are now and, and how they're feeling about themselves and how, uh, you know, the, the fans are thinking of them too. It's uh, it's been a crazy week. Um, but uh, an exciting one for sure. And looking forward to uh, another great game on Thursday. Oh yeah. Thank you, Andy. No, I mean, that's why it's so important to stick with it, just stick with it through the season. And if you can somehow get to the end of February and March, you know, playing well, you can go on a run and change the whole narrative. Um, You know, guys, as Andy talked about with St. Mary's, just a really interesting statistical profile. You know, they are number one in the country in defensive assist rate. And that's going to be an interesting contrast for Indiana coach. Cause when this offense is humming, you know, Xavier Johnson is getting assists on 35 to 45% of his possessions. Um, you know, and so that is going to be really important of the possessions he uses. Uh, and so that's going to be a really interesting number. They also don't allow teams to take a lot of three pointers and they really limit offensive rebounds. That you know, so not the, that's Indiana. good for us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't allow I mean. us to take any. Yeah. So. <laughs> don't allow us to take any. We'll just take all, all twos. Yeah, and they you know they have decent defense uh, against twos, but it's interesting in that you know that the one number really doesn't bode well for Indiana, but the other one you know maybe one that's not really going to hurt them. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, Indiana is going to have the advantage in athleticism, um, you know, and some of those things. But St. Mary's they're just not going to beat themselves, and so can Indiana you know go up there and be ready to to beat a really good team? You know, I expect a full forty minute game. But man, I'm I'm believing in this team. You know, I just I like the way that they're playing. I like their togetherness. I like the rhythm that Woody seems to have with them. You know, uh, just with you know kind of who he's playing. And I know you know we kind of quibbled with it some tonight. You know, but I think ultimately you know he made a lot of the right decisions and 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 they're defensible ones. You know, ones that made sense, even if we might have liked to see a guy here or there play a little bit more. Um, 
So just keep playing. Let's just let's just keep playing every other day, man. As long as this run can go. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts from you guys on St. Mary's? Uh, you know, we'll try. I was able to do that interview with the Wyoming guy uh, today. And by the way, you know, just shout out to all of the Wyoming folks. Not that you're listening to this podcast an hour and twenty three minutes in. But How all do my you know that? All my all my interactions with them were great, uh, and you know, so I, I wish them well. Uh, really appreciate Cody from seventy two twenty Sports. Uh, coming on with me if we can find a similar opportunity with someone from st mary's and i have time uh tomorrow we'll see no promises but hopefully we can get some kind of preview out for you um before that st mary's game any other thoughts on that matchup uh, or anything else bracket related obviously we'll root for akron uh to beat ucla as fun as it would be for indiana to play ucla if we can get by st mary's um give me the easier path always in the ncaa tournament you know uh, i i I think it's a, I saw um, in some preview where um, St. Mary's is the lowest ranked five seed um, percentage wise that could advance and do all those things. So sometimes it's about, you got to catch some breaks too. Um, you know, they're, they're the other five. I don't know if Houston or UConn, if you're going to be a 12 seed, maybe, maybe a St. Mary's is a team. They're good and you're going to have to play well. I mean, that's what the NCAA tournament is all about. But sometimes it, it, it's about it's about matchups, and I like our athleticism going up uh, against that St. Mary's team. They play well together. They have a good system, and that's always a little bit scary. But sometimes in a tournament, you get Kemba Walker, you know, where a guy just goes off because of their abil- athletic ability. And I don't know that they have that one, you know, big superstar. We do um, in, in the post player. So. Um, you're a 12 seed, you're playing, Ryan said it best, you're playing with house money. Uh, let's tip it up and, and we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. But I, I think, you know, um, I, I think it's a good matchup, um, for, for Indiana. Yeah. It's a well, matchup I mean, in the NCAA tournament. I mean, if we get this trace, this if we get this yeah. trace, we can play with anybody. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, you got to have some more guys around him as we get further down the tournament. You're going to have to make shots to win some games eventually. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Jared, is is you can't you can't be making two, three pointers in a game continuously, two, three, four, and think that you're going to keep, you know, skating by. You've got to hit some shots at some point. I thought they passed up some tonight, guys. They did. They did. There's sometimes you're going to have to take it when it's somewhat contested just to stretch. I thought Miller Cop had one in the corner. I'm like, he did. And he, You've and got he pumped, to take shots. And he, he pumped and, and dribbled to find a, a maybe a exactly, better shot. That's exactly and, the play I was talking about. He had about. the one. Yeah. No, I thought it was in the Parker corner. had one. And the corner is his spot, too. Yeah. And so, no, here's what I'll say about they that. They were too I, cautious shooting tonight, I, I think. I, so they got to play free. Completely agree. And I think, but I also think sometimes guys who are struggling when they have the lead in a game are not going to force a shot. Right. And maybe sometimes you need to. You know, you need to get yes. one up. And I was I was shocked that Parker took the jumper he did, and I was glad he did, and I was glad he made it, obviously, for yeah. one, one of our one third of our jumpers made tonight. But um I was shocked he took that because when other guys are going well, you're struggling and you're ahead, you you want to just okay, give it to the guy who's gonna score. Let's keep this going. You know, it's but when you're coming back, sometimes guys will fire just because like we need something, you know. So it's a different mentality when you're playing from ahead and playing from behind. So I think that they did. You're right. Passed up a bunch of shots. I'll give Wyoming credit. They were closing out hard, too, and there were no comfortable three-point looks, really. It didn't seem like it. Uh, 
but there were open ones, and you could take that open shot. And a couple times, guys did pump and try and take like a one dribble and come in. Xavier Johnson did it once. And sometimes you just got to take the three because that long two, I mean, it's a worse shot in basketball. So you might as well try for the extra point from, from beyond the arc. But yeah, Jared, you're, you're right about hitting shots. I mean, once you get in the tournament, you got to hit some shots. And, and we're in the tournament, got away with it tonight because they out-rebounded and scored a ton of second-chance points and dominated the paint. But you're not going to do that in every matchup. Hey, but you know what? We won. And I think, I think Ryan, you're right. I think now, you know, that, that the reason why this win was so important. Everyone can was, exhale now. Yes. It, 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 well, it's just, you know, there were still some Nimrods out there that are looking at this, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we're in the play-in game. And even the term play-in game really should go away. You know, it is the first four. You made the tournament. These are the teams that are in there. But now you've made the field of 64. No one can say anything to take this away. You've won a game in the tournament. You're in the field of 64. You know, you've done everything. And now you are playing a little bit with house money. Now, I don't think the players think that because I think no, they are, not. they are, I mean, they believe they can win. But from a fan perspective and expectations for this season, now it's gravy, you know, and that's really the only other lingering question, you know, now that the internet is back on in Indiana is did Indiana pay $10 million to get worse? Gosh, I think the evidence submitted tonight would suggest no, they did not pay $10 million Man, to get you're worse. You're tough on my guys. I like them. I still listen to them, but you know, have a little accountability when you're when you're wrong. Jared, Jared, we set goals at the end of the year for Indiana and what would make us happy with this season. The two go- the two main goals and the Purdue streak, which they did early earlier in the season, and we were all very happy about. It. The other, got to make the NCAA tournament. You know, we said we would love it if they were in the top half of the Big Ten, top four of the Big Ten, whatever. That was the that was a kind of a pipe dream because we didn't know what the roster would look like. We had no idea. But making the NCAA tournament was a bottom basement. You got to do that. Well, and the other thing we said was finishing the top half of the Big Ten, and they didn't do that. True. But they compensated for it by playing well in the Big Ten tournament. So I'll give them. Yeah, and you know, it's so like okay, okay, well, you get extra credit for that Big Ten yeah. tournament performance. Well, the other thing, the other but, thing is they're playing good basketball. I know it hasn't resulted in a lot of wins. I think they're five and five since I thought the season really turned around with their offensive changes that they've done. They're yeah, playing better movement. basketball. The coaching staff made some adjustments. The players stuck with it, even over a, a losing streak that was uh, a few games but didn't turn into 10, 10 11, and bouncing out of the tournament. Uh, the, the amount of toughness to overcome, they really played bad against Michigan, found a way to overcome, and then they won against Illinois, backs up against the wall. So that we haven't seen for years is that resiliency when adversity hits, and, and I think everyone from the coach on down has done a good job of making necessary moves to put themselves in this position. Would, would, would it have been better earlier? Yes, yeah, but nonetheless, it happened, and I think that's a positive. Two things, two points I was trying to make there is, one, you've accomplished your goals. We're happy. This is a success. This season is a, this season is a success at this point Period. as far as yep. hitting your goals. Done. The other thing that's worth mentioning and noticing is they are playing their best basketball at the end of the season, which as a coach is what you want. You want to be doing your best when it matters the most. Big Ten tournament. We'd have liked it to be maybe a week and a half earlier in the Big Ten season, but okay, what? It spilled milk under the bridge. Um, it, it, but you get that in the tournament, and it's a, it's, a, it's a joke saying, Jared. I know I saw you <laughs> gave that look. 
Uh, and then you, in the NCAA tournament, you played one. Like, this was one of their better games this year, despite the lack of shooting. This was one of their better games of the season because of how good the defense was against a quality opponent. They played very well. And so those are two things. You've accomplished your goals. If the season is a success, unqualified success at this point, and now you're playing your best basketball. You lose to St. Mary's, we'll be upset because the season's over, but you can still look back on the season and be like, it's something to build on in the future, certainly, and it's something you can be proud of and everything. Now let's go beat St. Mary's. Why not? As we said, house money, no pressure on the team whatsoever, and it's a team they can beat, quite frankly. The matchup is there. Trace goes for 25 and 10. They can easily beat St. Mary's. I do. I always enjoy just, you know, how NCAA tournament seating works, where just because of the five and the 12 by the name, Indiana is the big underdog to mighty St. Mary's Indiana with all of its (laughs) national championships, big school with all of its resources. But because it's five twelve, we're the underdog to St. Mary's. So let's let's enjoy it. You know, there's something about the line is very close, by the way. The line is very close. Well, as it as it should be, given how Indiana's playing. So, look, there's a certain amount of joy and fun on the way up. Um, you know, I think we all want to get to the point where this program is that, you know, hopefully in five years making the first four or even two or three years making the first four is a big disappointment, you know. Um, but right now it's fun. It steps forward. It's progress. And there's a certain amount of fun and joy to this part of the journey. Uh, that kind of gets replaced later, later by a little bit more pressure. And, you know, it's like the difference between the 2012 season, and the 2013 season under Crean. Um, and I, I think for all of us, we're just really enjoying this. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And for as long as this keeps rolling and we keep winning games, guys, don't worry about the style points. If we're missing shots, like, don't worry about it. We're just trying to win games with a team that's playing great defense, that's playing together, and that is showing a real foundation for what the program can be in the future. Like things are good right now. Things are real good for Indiana basketball. And uh, we all should enjoy that. Um, all right. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME, H O M E, at checkout to get 15% off your first order. All right, guys. I feel like we just kind of did last call, but let's do uh, the official last call. Some final thoughts on uh, just a, uh, a joyous, wonderful night. Uh, for Indiana basketball, winning an NCAA tournament game. It's been a long time coming, uh, and the guys got it done. I'm just, you know, just proud of them and really excited about this experience for them. Um, you know, especially a guy like Trace, who's wanted this so badly and is Race. just at the right time put everything together to, to, to take this team where it hasn't been. I mean, his legacy is totally different now, completely different because of what's happened over the past seven has a basketball, whatever it's been. And that is so much fun and rewarding to watch for a guy who we've been with and seen all the ups and downs and been critical of and celebrated the good moments, you know, and to see a young guy kind of figure it all out at the right time. Like this is why being a fan of college sports is fun. You know, it makes the struggles and the ups and downs all worth it to see a guy like Trace, to see a guy like X kind of figure it out and put it together through the season. This is what it's all about. This is the meaningful stuff. <clears throat> it's just been so much fun to watch. Coach, last call. Yeah, you know, I, for the players and coaches, first and foremost, but I, I, I'm really happy for the fans in our community and and, and just the Hoosier Nation altogether. I saw it at the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, I commented about that on, on our selection show 
on Sunday. It, it was just fun to see Hoosier Nation in, in Indianapolis, the crowd going crazy. It's been a long six years. Uh, my son texted me today, said, Dad, I was on the court as a manager the last time we played an NCAA tournament game. He's been out of college four years, married, and I've been working. <laughs> so I was like, dang, dude, that was that, that was a long time ago. It's just it's 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 fun to be back and have it in your bracket and and to be able to watch NCAA tournament basketball. It should be a regular thing going forward. Um and I believe it will, and just really happy with the resiliency of this program uh, and happy for them and for our fans. Ryan, last call. You know what we can't say anymore, Jared? We can't say that this program doesn't have guys who have experienced success. No. Nope. Because they have. They've all experienced success now. On the biggest stage, whether it was the Big Ten tournament, whether it was in Dayton, They've been to the NCAA tournament. They've been at the Big Ten tournament, and they have experienced success. Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Rob Finnessy, all those guys we've talked about for years. Well, they don't know they don't know what success is like, so how are they supposed to find it? Well, that's not an excuse anymore. They've felt it. If, if some of those guys leave, you know, they're, they could they can all leave, you know, whatever, and move on with their lives. They've had a taste of success, and that's what this is about. It's not about us as fans. It's not about Mike Woodson as the coach. It's about those players who have been through so much, whether in Indi at Indiana or not, missing the tournament, not being a good team, not playing well, losing a lot. That's not fun, man. It makes you lose your joy for the game. Winning is fun. And look at this post-game show tonight. You know, we're, we're four curmudgeonly guys who've been beaten down by six years of failure. Yeah, coach, <laughs> you too. Beaten down by six years of failure. And we're thrilled right now. I mean, you've got me saying that the season's a success no matter what happens the rest of the way. When did you, you see what Ryan, Coach, happened? you see what Ryan just did there? He just lumped us all in with him. Yep. As if Absolutely. we've been as curmudgeonly as he's been. That was a very, oh, was a very deft move just, there. You guys should see Coach's private texts, all right? That's just milk's <laughs> under spilt bridge or something, like my grandma bridge, used my to say. Spilled milk under the bridge. So Spilled milk <laughs> under the bridge, that curmudgery, all that stuff. But here's the deal. <laughs> Those players have all had a moment now. They had, they had a couple moments in the Big Ten tournament. They had a moment beating Purdue, whatever, but that's a regular season game. You get regular season big wins all the time. Yeah, that one meant more. We get it. But it's still the regular season. They went to the Big Ten tournament, won two huge games. They probably, you know, on paper, shouldn't have won. And they did. They came in tonight, played a very good Wyoming game. I watched Wyoming play this year. They're a pretty good team. And they know what they do, and they do it pretty well. And Indiana stepped up defensively. Trace Jackson Davis, your star, stepped up and won that game. Those guys have experienced success now, and if they walk away, we can be proud of their careers. And that's what this is about. We love college basketball. We like to make it about us and about all these other factors. It's about them. And they had success. And so now they're going to Portland to be in the real tournament or whatever you want to say, and they get to experience that. And no matter what happens, we'll be proud of them for getting there. Um, but you know what? As we said, Nobody expected you to get here. Going into the Big Ten tournament, nobody had Indiana in the tournament. They won two games again. They probably weren't supposed to win. Got here, won another game. They weren't, you know, that some people had picked it, picked them not to win because Wyoming had had some success this year and it was a you know awkward matchup with their bigger guards, whatever. You guys have pulled off three things nobody thought you could. Almost beat Iowa, pulling off a fourth. Why not go keep shocking people? There's no reason not to, you know, play free. You have no reason to be sad. 
you are playing, as I've said, with house money, go nuts and have a blast. Whatever you do, go out there and definitely have a blast because these guys have earned it and they've earned being a part of that tournament and they've earned every 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 piece of praise we've given them tonight, they have earned. Well, and that's that's what I'll end with, Ryan, is you know that part of what has made these last seven halves so much fun is they've played with a joy and enthusiasm. And I don't know if it was just their backs against the wall or being challenged, whatever it is. I mean, they've stuck together all season long. Like, there's no question about it. But it's almost like it's not that they threw caution to the wind, but they just started. They just they found another well of whatever it is of resolve and conviction for what they're doing, and it's been so much fun to watch. You know, and they're having fun playing together. The guys on the bench are having fun, um, and I I firmly believe that they think they're going to win games. And how long has it been since we've seen an IU team that really, truly believes in itself? I mean, really. Probably the end of the 20... I mean, the 2020 team was going to go to the NCAA tournament, but I'm not ever sure we really got that feeling from them. That's that was there any joy team. on that team? Was there any no, joy on that team? No, you know, there, you know, and that's what, that's what we've seen. And to Coach's point, you know, for the fans, everybody who was at Dayton and everybody who's getting to enjoy this together, it's just been too long, you know, and, and that's part of why it's so fun right now, you know, and why, to you know, like last night it felt like Christmas Eve to me, you know, because it's like, man, we're going to have an NCAA tournament game tomorrow. And I know that seems silly, but almost all, you know, all of us were feeling that way. You know, and it's just, it's fun. I just, I feel great for everybody and for the program. You know, we needed this just to get back to a season where we finally live up to all the standards and the goals that we had for it. And now let's go. You know, we're in the round of 64. We got a good matchup. We've got a player playing as well as anybody in the nation, a point guard who's really good. And we've got capable guys around them that if you get a few of them stepping up each game, you can win games. And man, if things really click and you get a lot of guys stepping up and guys making shots... Crazy things happen in this tournament, you know, in a couple weeks span. So let's go. I'm riding with these guys. I, you know, I have confidence in them because they have confidence in themselves. And I'm just excited for Thursday, man. I'm excited for Thursday. I like what this team can do. I like the matchup. And I can't wait to watch another NCAA tournament game. And we will uh, all do it together and have a post-game show afterwards. And hopefully we'll be here celebrating just like we were tonight. All righty, that is going to do it for us. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back Thursday night to talk IU hoops again with you after IU St. Mary's. Until then. Take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Another guy who knows a little something about closing out tough NCAA tournament games. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. This is a great day for Mike Woodson and his family. Sure is. Sure is, Coach. Awesome. We won an NCAA tournament game, gentlemen. We did. We did. How am I supposed to get some sleep tonight? I don't know. My Can't earlier, Heather was like, do you think you'll be in bed tonight before 2 a.m. Central time? I'm like, sure. But now the show's ending at 1230. I got to post it because Ari was in Dayton. And it always takes, like after a winning show, it always takes like at least 60 to 90 minutes for the adrenaline to wear off. 
So yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I might not be Lay in bed before 2 a.m. <laughs> might be uh, movie day tomorrow in U.S. history. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why. And that's why you win all those teaching awards, Coach. Yeah, uh, that's why everyone loves.